Welcome to another episode of the You Flourish podcast, where we are your go-to stop for faith-based career coaching to help you flourish in all seasons of your leadership journey. Flourishing happens when you find strength in God to let go of all worry, and it's easy to get wrapped up in the stress and hustle of this world and to put faith on the back burner. What if you tuned in to our podcast every other Tuesday so that you feel encouraged to go through the rest of your week keeping God top of mind? If you love what we have to say, make sure to follow us on social media, write a review, and subscribe. Or would you even consider supporting us for $4.99 a month so we can continue to provide you with quality content? We would greatly appreciate any support you're willing to offer us. So get ready to grow and let's dive in. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much, Jamie Hass, for being with us today. We are so excited to have you on our You Flourish podcast. Um, Jamie, why don't we just go ahead and dive in, and why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do? We'd love to know more. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here, and I'm excited for this. So I am a mom to two kids. Um, they will be actually, as of this, this month, they will be 10 and 12. And so we're kind of in the preteen stages with them. And I'm married. I have, I live in Montana and so have land and animals in a whole zoo. And then with that, I also work from home. And so I am partnered with a health and wellness company and um, use that to coach and mentor and support others on their wellness journey, as well as um, just building a business that's creating opportunities for me to coach and mentor and work with other entrepreneurs and those looking to grow in some capacity. That's awesome. Well, oh my gosh, I've already learned something new about you. So you have all these animals. Now, when you say a whole zoo, do you mean you actually have a zoo or just you're referring to it as a zoo? It feels like a zoo. I don't actually have a zoo, um, but I do have two dogs, two cats, two turtles, a handful of fish, chickens, guinea hens, ducks. Um, I think that covers most of it, along with like the random deer that show up and elk, eagles, like we've got all kinds of, we live out in the country. And so we've got all kinds of, literally the other day we're having dinner and I was looking out at the chicken coop with the ducks coming up from the pond because they like to go steal corn from the chicken coop with a mama and two baby deer in the backyard. And I was like, this is real life. Like, <laughs> I felt like it was the movie Funny Farm where it was all staged, but it wasn't staged. Like this is just a random Tuesday afternoon for us. Well, and it's funny that you're talking about, you know, literally comparing your life to a zoo because I think many of us who don't have pets running around Oftentimes we feel like our life is a total zoo. Um, so you're not alone. Um, I think one of the things, Jamie, that I really loved um, that you and I just dove into right away when we had our first conversation about having you on this podcast is this concept that we try to keep 
you know, our faith life, our work life, our personal life, we try to create all these boxes, or I think you referred to them as lanes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think you have a little bit of a story around, you know, the importance of not separating those things. Do you want to share with us more about your perspective on that? Absolutely. So early on in my, so a little bit kind of background, I, after college, I was a, I worked in the corporate world. And then I left the corporate world to start, um, a, it was a child care and learning center. So it was kind of a brick and mortar, small business. And then from there shifted into the work from home space, solely sold that business. And throughout all of it, I really tried to keep everything kind of appropriate. And I think it really stemmed from just growing up, like everything has a place and um, my faith would have a place like that was Sunday. That was mornings. That was evenings. Business was during the day. Kids were before and after school, like everything kind of had a place and a routine. And, um, I realized a couple years ago, it was 2019 and I realized it wasn't working for me. Like I hired a coach. I wanted to get to the next level and she challenged me and she said, well, why, why are you operating that way? Um, don't you think God wants to be a part of your business? I was like, yeah, but that's selfish. Like he's provided, he's created me. Like I really felt like it was selfish to reach out and want God to be in my, God to help me with my next goals, my things. And she compared it to a parent. And because obviously like I, kids are a huge part of my life. Like that's where my entrepreneur career started was with kids before I even had my own kids. And she said, if you had, if your child was doing something, whether it was going, you know, a sporting event or a basketball game or even school, whatever it is that's important, you created them. Like, you know, I gave birth to them, but they're like, would you want them to keep you out of it and just tell you about it after the fact? Or, and I'm like, no, I want to be a part of that. She's like, so why is your business operating that way? Like, why are you keeping everything separate? And that's when I really, went from having a multi-lane interstate to like a backcountry road. Like I just threw it all together and, you know, God is a part of my everyday in and out of the day. Like, obviously there's still routine and things flow, but they all kind of flow together. And it took a lot of pressure off of myself. It also helped me to get to those next level. Like it really scaled things to a new level because suddenly I did have, it wasn't all on me. Like I could reach out and ask for God for help on those crazy days where my kid needs me. And I was like, okay, like I literally sometimes will be like, okay, God, you've got business work today. Like you have a partner and that's literally how I view him. Like he is my number one business partner. Mm. Jamie, I got goosebumps when you talked about um, going from a multi-lane interstate to a backcountry road. Have you, have you said that before and used that phrase I haven't. before? No, that I just kind of came out. Okay. Well that, yeah. okay. There are so many, um, there's so many analogies and things that I feel like we can pull from that statement that you made. And again, it just seemed it's, it stood out to me so glaringly thinking about how, you know, even when I think about the multi-lane interstate, that's the fast life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that's feeling like we have to do all the things and move fast and be in the big city and make the big money. And then you think about a backcountry road, um, how different that is. It's, you know, again, you're only going one way. There's not multiple lanes. You're yeah. in maybe more in nature. You're 
taking it easy. Maybe you're, you know, free flowing through a road that passes by nature. I'm just, you know, visualizing the difference between, it's the difference between the fast lane and taking time to actually enjoy the road and the journey with God. And, and I just, I love what you said about, um, you know, not, if your child is in a sporting event, you're not going to sit at home and say, oh, go have fun. And, um, you know, God wants to be a part of our life. And he also wants us to, you know, sometimes take that back country road and slow down. And so again, I'm kind of recapping, but there were just a couple really amazing things you just shared. Yeah. No, it's actually, it's funny, as I said it in my head, I was like, I've never used that analogy before, but that's a really good line because it is true. Like, and I feel like that's what it created. It took me from that busy life where it was all on my shoulders and there were traffic jams and there was chaos and to like the Sunday drive, like life has become that Sunday drive. Um, it's still busy. There's still things to get done. I still juggle a lot of things but it's not it's not the life that it was before where I'm constantly exhausted and worn out and never feeling like I'm getting enough done even though no matter what I do there's a list you know like I was always accomplishing things I was moving ahead I was successful but there was still never enough time in the day and when we take that pressure off of ourselves and allow for there to be more balance suddenly there is enough time in the day and it's a good place to be. Well, and I know you mentioned too, um, when we've talked previously that again, you know, moving from this mentality of I have to hustle every day, I have to grind, um, the concept that sometimes we just can't show up. Like there are days when we just truly are exhausted. We don't have enough fuel in the tank. Um, what do we do on those days when we're tired, when we're exhausted? How do we deal with that? I think I'm a big proponent on, first off, we have to prioritize. And so are there times where there are things that like, we just have to make it happen? Like, do I still have to make sure that my kids are fed on those days? Absolutely. But I have that capacity, but 90% of what's on my schedule every day, it can be pushed aside. I mean, even visiting with you. If I woke up this morning, I was sick. I didn't need it. Is it important? Yes. But if I reached out to you and said, Hey, this, that, or the other thing came up, can we reschedule? I can reschedule. Like, and I think that was a big one for me of really getting clear on some of those things because now suddenly everything isn't life or death. Um, there's a lot of just, it's part of life, but there's, there's flexibility. And so, and we rest. Like, that's a huge thing. Part of those priorities need to be that we rest. And so if we wake up on those days or we have those weeks, we have those seasons of life where there is too much on our plate, mm -hmm. then stuff has to be taken off of our plate. Whether we ask for help or we put it to another season, where whether we shift our goals. You know, I went through an, a time earlier this year where I was falling short on some goals. Like I'd set some goals January 1. I had some plans. And then I added to my plate. I added some different things. I was accomplishing, like, it's been a really great year, but it hasn't gone the way I thought it would go when I was setting those plans January 1st. And I had to really take a step back and kind of go, okay, well, but am I hitting, like, big picture, am I moving closer to my priorities? Absolutely. 
So are the specifics of the goals, can they be shifted and adjusted? Or am I failing? Like, no, they can be shifted and adjusted just because I didn't hit a March 2022 goal over here when I have lots of stuff happening over here. That's okay. And I think that's a big thing. There's times we get sick. There's times our kids need us more than they don't in other seasons of life. And when I'm building a business because of my children, because of my faith, because of my family, like those are my big driving whys. Then to me, it's really important that I make sure I keep them the priority. I don't push them aside for a Zoom call or an email or whatever it is. And again, I recognize like there's a balance there. You can't always day in and day out, put it all aside, but it's kind of like, if you weren't here, those things wouldn't happen anyways. So we've got to take care of ourselves, and, and then I'll give it to God. Like when I have those days I need to rest, I kind of said this before, but I will literally be like, okay, God, like, this is what I'm dealing with and I can't handle it all. So I need you to handle this and just have that faith and trust like and he's shown up so many times in so many capacities and I shouldn't be surprised but every single time I kind of am a little surprised like whoa you're way better at this than me I know it just got me to thinking um how do you think God feels when we don't hit our goals I think that if we are in alignment with who he he created us to be and I think if we're doing our best and showing up as our best self and we're valuing what we have, I don't think he judges us based on a goal. Mm -hmm. You know, like, in fact, I think sometimes there's people in life and there's times in life where we hit a goal, but we actually fall short on those big priorities mm -hmm. that he's a little disappointed. I mean, he loves us regardless, but it's like, okay, great. Well, you hit that big goal. But by the way, did you realize that you missed the opportunity to serve someone along the way, or you missed the opportunity to help your neighbor out because you were so focused on the goal? And like, that's what he cares about. Not, not the worldly standards that we all, and I think it's, it's a balance. Like we live in the world. So being part of the world and setting those goals and having financial goals, it's not either or in my book. But I think we can find a good balance and flow where we value what we have and we stay true to like the good stuff while also hitting those goals. So true. I mean, I, I think about exactly what you said. It's like, like, God, I didn't hit this goal. And I think he just kind of laughs at us maybe a little bit and not maybe laughs at us, but it's just mm -hmm. like, my dear child, like that might've seemed important to you, but um, in the big picture, were you kind to your family? Did you, like you said, serve that person you were presented an opportunity to serve? Did you make the world, you know, a better place because yeah. of the impact that you made? I mean, I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in, um, our worldly goals that we forget what God wants for us. And I know you had um, made mention too, of like this concept of being a, a, a good Christian, like, what does that mean? I know um, we all feel this pressure to read our Bible every day, go to church every Sunday, um, really spending a lot of time in prayer. Um, what is your take on, like, what God wants for us when it comes to being a, I'm saying it in quotes, a good yeah. Christian mom, wife, 
sister worker? Well, I think there's a couple of things that come to mind. One, when I was growing up, the church that I grew up in, and it was always confusing to me until I understood it, the exit where like the exit sign was, there was a sign that said servant's entrance. And it was always confusing. I was like, oh, they have it backwards. Like, do they know? Maybe they just can't put the entrance on the back. It wasn't until I was older that I realized like, because that's where the good stuff happens. Like it's not that hour in church. It's the other six days and 23 hours of the week where we get to go out and be good Christians. Like that's where we go and we serve. And um, truly for me, church is an opportunity to fill my cup. Like there are times where going to church isn't about being good. It's about me taking the weight off for an hour and letting myself get replenished, like, like a spa day for my spirit. <laughs> um, you know, it's really about coming in and just filling up and being reevaluating, getting refocused, prioritizing, like having those kind of dynamics. And I think there are some of the best Christians that I've ever met in my life who have never set foot inside a church. I don't think it's, and then there's some people that have a lot of work left to do and they haven't missed a Sunday. And so I don't think church is reflective on it. It's part of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. And, you know, I hit a point in my life. So my son is a busybody. Like he was that kid who church was kind of a form of torture for all of us when he was little. Like he was so busy. I spent the entire time shushing him and quieting him so he wasn't he wasn't being naughty and and then I had my daughter who was this really meek and mild like she was the kid who sits in church and will color for an hour and it was a struggle like okay well first off this isn't a reflection on me this is who God created him to be and there was a there was a long time where we didn't really go to church because it was so much work like I came out borderline in tears. I was so exhausted. Like I said, like I knew I needed church to fill my cup, but it was just emptying it even further. And I shifted when I realized that and really recognized that I was like, okay, he's learning who God is from me. Like I said, that other six days and 23 hours of the week. Yeah. He's hearing something from the sermon, but that's not what's framing him. So church became like a play hour for him. Like he would go to the nursery. He could do what he wanted. He could bring a book. Like as long as it wasn't technology, that was just my standard. As long as it wasn't technology, like do what you need to do so that I can get my cup filled and I can show up better the rest of the time. Um, but then there's still times where now, even though we've come to that. So somewhere along the way, church became something he enjoyed. And my daughter's always enjoyed it. So that was an easy, but somewhere along the way, it didn't, it was no longer a fight. And it's become something that he goes, part of it was social. Like his friends were going and he met some friends there and that, you know, it was, and again, kind of one of those things where I was like, well, whatever, it's getting him to church. He's hearing something. Um, and I'm getting my cup filled. So, but within that, there's still times like now where we're traveling on the weekends and because we have, my kids are really active and busy. And so we are driving all over the countryside because of hockey or 
lacrosse or whatever shows up, you know, even some people like it's summertime and you're gone over the weekend. And that was something I really struggled with. How is that going to look? And I, again, recognize like that's one hour. There's so many more opportunities. And so being a good Christian is about the lessons in the Bible, the lessons being like Jesus, being Christ-like, being serving others, loving others, showing up, making the world a better place. And it's not about whether or not we can say we went to church on Sunday. And so that's kind of, that's how we've taken that approach. I still feel, I, and I don't minimize the value of, of church. I just think it's part of the puzzle, not the whole puzzle. Absolutely. Well, and to your point, I know I've spoken recently with a number of moms who even struggle with behavioral challenges or different special needs with children and um, the struggle that church can pose for moms and dads who have children that just have different needs. And um, I think that it is truly a, a difficulty that our culture and our churches need to maybe find a way to be a little bit more um, open and uh, have more opportunities for parents that have kids that maybe just can't sit still. And so the, mm -hmm. you know, the playtime and the nursery is great. It's nice when they can have Sunday school, even possibly during some of that regular church time, those different types of things so that the kids can have their own outlet of learning faith in a different way versus just sitting in silence and listening to a message. Yep. And I think our kids do enough of that in today's world. Like, you know, school and yeah. all of that, like they spend so much time sitting quietly and that's not how God created kids. Like he created them loud and busy and all of those things. And yet sometimes we forget that and we try and put them into this little box and it's like, okay, be a good little Christian boy or girl and sit here quietly for an hour. And I think that's, you fast forward 40 years, like when we've heard these things, even if they were said lovingly, like I, I was never had this bad church experience. I never had this bad Christian or faith experience. It was always very loving, but I think of the older people in the church. Oh, you're a good little Christian girl, you know, sitting there quietly coloring in your book, that type of thing, like just an endearing term. But when you hear those things over and over and over again, it sets us up to think, okay, so if I want to be a good little Christian girl, if I want to grow into that, I need to go to church on Sunday and I need to sit quietly for an hour and then I can go out and do the rest of life. And that's, you know, going back to kind of where we started of the lanes, like that was the lane. And that's kind of where I took it and ran with it was like, okay, this is the lane for my faith, which then I can have my parenting lane over here and I can have my business lane over here. And it's like, there's so much more to it. And it's, so much easier when we quit trying to keep it into that box. Right. Well, and it's interesting as you were talking about children, how they're meant to be loud and play and get out and have fun. And um, like, I think about adults too, right. And how, you know, deep down each adult is really just a oversized kid. I mean, we all have that little bit of um, wanting to play and have fun and, and, and get out. And I think, to where church is that more reflective time. And we've talked, I know you said it's like a spa day, right? A spa day for your spiritual health, where you get to go mm -hmm. and reflect and spend time with God. I think, you know, we, because that's how we're taught to be in church, it's almost like there's this bias that when we get out into the world, that our faith should be kind of quiet and reflective all the time and that we should never be loud. 
with our faith. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? That's an interesting point you brought up um, because you're, you're right. Like I do think there is a subconscious programming that we are supposed to be really quiet and not, not talk about it or, you know, and particularly I feel like as women in the professional workforce, they we're at such a unique time. And what many of us grew up with is not what our kids are growing up with. And it's certainly not what our grandparent, you know, what our parents grew up with. Like each generation, there has been such big shifts. And so I definitely think that plays into all of it where it's like, while we are subconsciously learning about the opportunities and the roles and how women can have jobs and they can be moms and business owners and whatever they want to be, um, that programming absolutely was there. And it's that be quiet and, you know, kind of people get uncomfortable talking about faith. Like it used to be something where I feel like it was common practice. And then we went through this phase where it wasn't. And what I've found is the more open I am about it, the more I find others are willing to open up to me about it, but someone's got to go first. Someone's got to make it okay to allow others to feel like it's okay. And even within, you know, my current business, and if I'm being honest, I'm pretty sure I was told along the way, like, I know for a fact I was told along the way, um, you don't talk politics, you don't talk religion, and, you know, you keep it straight and narrow. And so that's what I did because that's what a mentor told me to do. And I don't think that's just where we're at. In fact, I think that's a disservice to us because that's a huge part of who I am. And so if someone wants to work with me and they don't have that, and we're coming at things completely differently, like, can you imagine if someone didn't have a relationship with God and I talk about God as my business partner, they're like, holy cow, where's this coming from? But on the other hand, if I wasn't open about where I was at, I would have never attracted a mentor and a coach who had a very strong faith, who then was able to help me level up my faith. And so um, I definitely think there is a programming there, but I think it's shifting. And I, I think it it's on all of us to be more okay with talking about it. And even within our home, like talking to our kids about it, just letting it be a part of casual conversation and let it grow from there, however it looks. Mm. Well, you just kind of went right into what I was hoping to ask next, which was more along the lines of, so how do we incorporate our faith into our everyday life? And how do we weave it into our our business, our family, and so that it's not in such its own separate lane? You know, for me, I think for one, it depends on where you're at and where I'm a big fan of like, just take one more step. Just do one more thing, build one more habit. Like if somebody is in a place where they're like, I really want to have faith, but I don't know. I don't go to church. I don't have God as a business partner. I don't even know where to start. I I don't own a Bible. That conversation and that response is going to look a lot different than somebody who prays morning and night and um, goes to church and grew up with it, all of that. Like, And so no matter what is said, I would highly, highly encourage someone to just take one thing that you're not doing and do that. And then once that becomes a part of your daily routine, um, add more to it. And so I'm a big fan of 
business meetings with God, like literally taking time to pray, to pray over my business, to pray over um, the people coming in and, and just to ask for guidance. Like, what do I need to do next? Truth, a lot of times they happen in the shower because that's the time as a mom where I can have uninterrupted time. Sometimes that's even hit and miss. But I mean, that's just the reality. As a mom, like I very rarely, even this, right before we got on here and, and started talking, like my kids were come giving me hugs, telling me goodbye because they were taken off. Like I, my husband took him for an hour so I could have an hour uninterrupted. Um, that's just the reality of my life. And I don't want it any other way. I, I love that my kids are a part of my business. They have a desk in my office and they sit there and work next to me. And that's just a part of our day. Um, there's not a zoom call that I'm on that my daughter doesn't feel like she's wanted on screen to say hi to everyone. And so, but the reality is like, sometimes we need that focus on interrupted time. It's also great morning and night. I don't recommend morning and night because as parents, again, like, and as women, like we go so hard that adding more to our schedule before or after, like sleep's important too. Sleep's really important. So don't say, okay, well, I need to get up earlier so I can add this in um, or stay up later, like make it manageable. But yeah, like I daily will have just a conversation, whether it's a short conversation or a long conversation of just, hey, what do I do next? Like, or will you bless this? Or will you, like I ask for God to show up in the way that he sees fit. And then I trust it. Like when that nudge comes, when that sometimes that's a little bit of faith in action is that idea shows up and it's like, okay, well, this is awkward, but I don't know where it came from. So it probably came from him. So I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust that there's a reason for it. And then letting go of it, like not having attached expectations, trusting that the person that was meant to see it, even if I don't hear about it for two years, like they saw that or they got that message or whatever that looks like. Um, I also love prayer journals. I think we're so busy that if we don't take the time to write out the things we're praying for and to see the prayers being answered, it's easy to forget. And so I just think it's really fun having a prayer journal where you write through it and then I go through and when a prayer is answered, I highlight it. And so I know everyone kind of does it differently, but I just have like an ongoing journal and I highlight the prayers that have been answered. And so, and usually I'll put the answer, like put when it happened or how it happened, if it was something really specific. And those are just fun reminders. And it can be something you do weekly. It can be something that's done daily. Um, those are some of my, I think some of my big habits. And then in our home, my daughter, we have a nightly devotional. And so, you know, again, as parents, as integrating it all together. Like it, we have just this little kids devotional where we read every night and it has a little piece of scripture and has a little God story. Kid faith is some of the best lessons you'll learn. Like there are some amazing books out there that are really high level thinking, but I will tell you like some of the best lessons I've learned have been from teaching my kids because we're all big kids, like you said. And so being able to just have that super simplified, simplified message sometimes is like the cherry on top. It's what I need to hear. Like, okay, you want me to go serve. You want me to love my neighbor. You want me, 
like faith doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. Well, and you're, you jogged my memory. I don't know if there's actually a Bible verse on this, or if this is just something that gets talked about in the church, but how God wants us to have childlike, childlike faith. Yep. I think there's a Bible verse on it, honestly. Yeah, I think there might be too. But when you're talking about the lessons that you read through with your children, I'm thinking the concept to me just, it it makes sense because sometimes we try to overcomplicate things. Mm Mm-hmm. And hearing a devotion that relates to the Bible that's meant for a child, I mean, I can't imagine how simple yet powerful those messages are, because it brings us back to remember really the basics, Um, you know, what's important um, when it comes to our faith. And so I love that you brought that up. Um, I also, that whole prayer journal thing, I've, you know, I, there's a, there's a book, I think it's called Circle Maker. Yes. I love that book. Is that where you got that idea from? Because I think that's one of the things that they tell you to do is to have a prayer journal or have a journal where you can go back and um, like draw circles around your prayers and then acknowledging when things happen. I just think that's so, so beautiful. So kind of a little snippet on my face. So I read the circle maker And then in that, and actually it was the start of this year, I got the 40, it's like 40 days of drawing circles or something like that. 40 day challenge, I think, isn't it? Or something like that. And so I did that like right as I was at the end of the book, but I brought that in and that was like my first 40 days of 2022. And so, yes, like within that, that's really where I started. I've had different prayer journals before. I've had different gratitude journals where I write, you know, things I'm grateful for and not oftentimes they're answered prayers. And this is the first time I've had like that focus prayer journal and it changed things. And I've had other, I've had friends who um, have used them in different capacities. So I've kind of customized it and made it my own. And one of the things I noticed is a lot of prayer journals are like every day, like, what are you praying for today? And I'm like, well, God doesn't work that way. And so that's where I kind of had to shift things as I was looking and I was like, yeah, he doesn't work that way. And I don't need to write a prayer out every single day because sometimes you pray prayers for years and some of them are ongoing prayers. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, that's where I kind of took that idea and morphed it into my own and it's become something. And it's oftentimes it's how I start my, um, my work day is, and typically those are my best days. And I heard of, I heard a quote this weekend that if, if you are too busy for faith and prayer, you're busier than God ever intended you to be. And that one just really was like, oh, that's true. Like he doesn't intend for us to have our plate. We've done that. The world's done that. Honestly, it's the easiest way to distract us from our faith is to be busy. Mm-hmm. And so I truly feel like the less busy we are, which means the more we rest, the more we spend time in church. And I think sometimes that's the biggest blessing that church can bring is that we just step back and take an hour to just rest. Like, and I think all of those things, like those are part of God's plan. That's why Sunday was supposed to be a day of rest. It's like, he wants us resting. He wants us filled up. And showing up as our best, not showing up as the exhausted, worn out, unhealthy version. And I was that 
I was that person once. So I'm not saying that from a place of judgment. I'm saying that from a place of I've been there. Like I've, I used to pride myself on how well I could function on very little sleep. And I realized how unhealthy that was, but that was where I was at. Like I often would work till midnight, one in the morning, and then get up with my kids at six and operate a daycare during the day and operate a second business at night and take care of my home and make meals. And like, that's not how, that's not how he wants us to operate. Gosh, so many good things. I feel like we could continue to talk about this for hours. There's, I've written down so many little notes. Um, I loved, there were so many things that you said that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm making a note of that. The first one is, um, you know, allowing, I wrote down allowing church to be kind of a spa day for your spirit. I thought that was really cool. I also loved, um, what you said about that multi-lane interstate going from that to a backcountry road uh, about stopping to try to you know have all these different lanes for everything you're doing god wants to be right up next to us just as if you know we're his child um playing in a sport event he's not going to say oh go have fun and i'll catch you after the game he's saying no i want to be cheering you on right there on the sidelines um and then i just i loved what you said about having a business meeting with god I think, you know, taking time to pray or just strategize with God, like, what do you want for me from my business and what I, where I'm going um, and letting God collaborate with us instead of having that separate. I thought that was really cool. Um, the prayer journal was awesome. And then, you know, the last thing I wrote down was if you're too busy for faith and prayer, then you're busier than God intends you to be. And I thought, that was so great too, but gosh, anything I'm leaving out, Jamie, any other um, advice that you have for our listeners or last thoughts that you wanted to make sure that you shared today? I don't think so. Other than just take, take from what's intended. Like, I don't think that anything, we live in a world where there's enough shaming, where there's enough judgment, where there's enough, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And the comparison game is out of hand. And so if someone's listening and there was something, oh my goodness, like if it brings value, take it and use it, but don't use it to diminish how amazing we all are. Like we are, we do live in such an amazing time. We've learned so much. Um, it's not the world we grew up in. It's not the world that our parents grew up in, but it's an amazing time and incorporating all of it and growing from it, like I, it's exponential. And so that's just my big thing is, especially as moms, as women, as business owners, like there's always a next level. And I think let faith be part of that next level, but don't diminish all that you've done to get here. And even some of the lessons, like we, we make mistakes. That's part of the lesson. And so, um, of course, if we went back and did things Again, with what we know now, we do things different, but that's not the goal. The goal is to have the experiences and the lessons and, you know, just let it drive us closer to a relationship with God and to live that faith out loud as opposed to get quieter. Mm. Well, one last light bulb you just gave me as you were talking about all those things was um, you, you said we live in exciting times and I think it was like this, oh my gosh, it kind of hit me in the face because I think there's a lot of people in my life that say, gosh, what a scary world we live in. And, oh, these are, 
you know, tough times or just have kind of this negative outlook on um, the state of not only our country, but also our, our world. And I don't want to downplay the, the challenges that our world faces. But what I thought was so amazing about what you said was just, um, I think we're really doing God a disservice by saying, you know, it's a terrible time to be alive in a sense. Like, I love your outlook on it's exciting times. Let God be a part of it. And, you know, let's focus on the positive things that are going on, not only in our lives, but also, you know, don't discredit yourself for all the amazing things you've done and just make sure that you're bringing God in on the journey. And so I love your positive outlook on life, Jamie, because I think it is really easy to only see the negative. Um, but to remember that, hey, despite the negative, there really are a lot of things to be grateful for. And there are a lot of wonderful things happening right now in our world and also a lot of amazing people. Um, and I think that, you know, surrounding myself, like people like you, Jamie, and other people we've had on this podcast, um, it's just been such a pleasure to um, be able to connect with people that have good hearts and want to serve and want to serve God. And so I really, I thank you for your positive outlook and for your time today. Um, this has been great. Thank you. Um, you know, any, any way, how can we as listen, as our listeners and myself, how can we support you in your career and business journey? Well, I will always take prayers. Like that is, that is an easy one that I will always take prayers and just support and, um, connections, like connecting with people that I can serve, that I can help, that I can, I really love working with business owners and helping them strategize and formulate um, this again, going back to exciting times, like the social media, the digital world, there's so much out there. And so any sort of connections and referrals, um, I always really value. I'm on social media. I am on Facebook and, and Instagram primarily. And so would love to just connect there and, um, you know, say hi. If you're listening to this, like, please reach out and say hi. Let me know what you got from it. Let me know what value it brought. Give me some constructive criticism. Like, we're all here to grow and learn. And so please do that. And then I can also share with you my email address. And I'm happy to connect with people that way. And if there's any way that I can just support and help them on their journey, um, that's what really lights me up and keeps me keeps me showing up every day. Awesome, Jamie. Well, I know, um, again, you're part of a really wonderful health and wellness business, and you also are just so fun to connect with. So I would encourage anyone listening in, I'll put in the show notes some various links of ways that you can get connected to Jamie. And um, thanks again, Jamie, for being on this podcast today. It's been so fun having you join me. Absolutely. Thank you. 